0: Does this feel real sweet in here? Is that just me? That's some good songs. I like old songs, though. I'm a sucker for old songs. Thank you, worship team. That was beautiful. Uh, I want to start where Katie started us as well. I'm going to read it. Uh, If you have a Bible, you can grab it. We're going to be in John chapter 8, verse 12. We have a page number. I think it's 1,059. I'm going to read it first before we get into today. Or you can use your device if you have one of those as well. All right. John 8 verse 12, when Jesus spoke against the people, he said, I, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. One more time. When Jesus spoke against the people, he said, I, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. People of God, it's the word of God. All right, so we're going to try a couple things today. We're going to do an exam at the beginning. We're going to do an exam at the end, but a little bit different. Um, I also want some neighborhood conversation. You're going to do some reflecting. So what you examine, what you reflect upon, I want you to share. Uh, So a couple things to start before we do. John uses the word light quite a bit. He uses it 17 times in this gospel. He uses it 13 times in his first letter, 1 John, 30 times. And each time he talks about light, he's talking about light. But this kind of light is eternal is a lasting light. It's a light that has been. It's a light that will be. It's a light that's here for us today. It's a long light, right? So my sentence for today, and we're using kind of the same boilerplate, slide five, Preston, is uh, because of I am, and Jesus says I am the light, because of I am today, I will celebrate light. Because of I am, I will celebrate light. So here's the reason for my my, my my sentence is that I'm finding in myself that I don't always do a very good job of celebrating light. I'm very prone to notice the darkness. I'm prone to talk about darkness, to fixate on darkness. I don't always do a very good job of recognizing light in my life. So that's what I'm going to want you to do in just a minute. I'm going to want you to reflect on your last week. When did you see light. When did you see, as Katie would say, a God wink when he winked at you, when he did something kind for you? When did he send someone to you to encourage you? When did he send someone to you to challenge you? When did you see light last week? Because I want to be a kind of person who celebrates light. I can see it, I can name it, and I can call it out, and I can celebrate it. That's my hope today. My hope today is that we leave feeling Encouraged because we have light. We are people of light. So, what does light do? So, before you reflect, before you share about the things you can celebrate from the last week, the things that the Lord has done, the light's Jesus, right? What should light do? Can you give me slide number nine, Preston? Light should reveal truth, light should dispel darkness. Light should show the way, and then light should be reflected, all right? So, I'm going to give you 30 seconds of quiet, and then I want you to turn to someone next to you if you're willing to, you don't have to, and I want you to remember a time this last week that you can celebrate where the light came into your world. Does that sound good? All right, I'll give you 30 seconds of quiet, and then I'll say, go, and you share, All right. All right. I'm going to pull you back in. So I want to share some light with you. I want to share some good things, right? So uh, Preston, in a minute, I'm going to have the video. Is that okay? So earlier, not not quite yet though. Earlier in the fall, uh, our mixed students who meet in this room did a series on these statements. I am statements. And they did I am the light of the world. And so they did a really fun thing at the very end. I'm going to show you what happened at the end of their gathering. And then I want to tell you what happened throughout the course of the year with our mixed students. So Preston, can you play it? (laughs) It's... <laughs> Pretty fun, right? So this last year, our mixed students, 16 students made a first time ever commitment to say that Jesus, you are my king, you are my Lord. 16. 59 recommitted their lives to Jesus. 71 said they are growing in their relationship with Jesus. That's life, right? That was in this room. It was playful. It was fun. But they are, our young people are growing. They're walking with Jesus. How good is that? I'm so encouraged by our young people all the time. Second thing, light. You want some stories of light, grab one of these. Full of stories of light. We ran out of them. We printed 50 more. I think they're almost gone again. So if you want one, you can have this one. You can come get it from me, or you can go grab one outside the sanctuary. But one story that I really liked in this was about um, Terry Van Desseldorp. I'm not sure if Terry's here. Terry here? Not here. So she tells a story about getting to uh, lead our littlest kids downstairs and describing the salvation message and you, I'm not going to ruin it. You should read the story, all right, in magazine. I can't, I can't do it justice right now. So, so we want to celebrate light today because we are people of light who have light. Um, oh, wrong page. Sorry about that. So what I want to do today as we move to the passage, John 8:12, we're not going to spend, we're going to spend a lot of time around the text, but we're just going to use John 8:12 as our primary text. So as I've been studying and getting ready, I'm struck by the significance of Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, I've been struck by the setting where Jesus chose to say, I am the light of the world. But the, uh, they live in a different time than us, right? So what is significant and the setting is very different from where we live. So then I kept asking myself, so what? What does that mean for us today? So I hope to go there at the end. So significance, setting, so what? One thing I'm going to poke at all day today is if Jesus is the light of the world, I want you to be thinking about what do you use as light the most? Light helps you to see the world around you, correct? Light would help you to see. I want you to be thinking the whole time today as we celebrate light, but also what do you use the most to see the world around you? Okay, we'll come back to that at the very end. So significance. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, people he's talking to. Uh, so the story, this big story, right? A while back, we read a book in this church called The Story of God, The Story of Us. Is that familiar to anybody? It's a story about God, story about us. The story begins with light. First page. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. But later he appoints things to shine in the sky. So before there are things to make the light, there is light. That's God. Last page, Psalm, uh, Revelation 22, 21 22. There's this time when heaven and earth collide, right? And they meet together and the Lord comes to dwell amongst his people. And it says this, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. So, uh, Re- uh, Re- Revelation 22, 5, there will be no more night's they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. So the story begins and ends with light. Begins and ends with light. So this is a significant theme all the way through. Then if you follow a bunch of rabbit trails, you'll find light mixed all throughout the story. Light is important in lots of different ways. Here's some examples. Let's see, Exodus 13, 21 through 22. I'm not gonna make turn pages. The light, Preston, could you give me slide number nine again? The light shows the way. So there's the people of God, right? They're leaving slavery, captivity. They're moving to, into the promised land. And how does the Lord lead them and direct them? Do you remember? He becomes a pillar of fire. He is light. God manifests himself in a way people can see and understand and recognize, and they follow him to where they're supposed to go. Exodus. Let's look at Psalm 27.1, where light dispels darkness. Psalm 27.1 says this, The Lord is my light in my salvation whom shall i fear so the author in this psalm is confronted by wickedness enemies foes a hostile army war false witnesses who breathe out violence he says the lord is my light in my salvation whom then shall i fear in the face of darkness psalm 119 105 light reveals dispels and shows the way it says this your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The word is light. So the word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Earth is the battleground, and it shows the way. It is the path. It is the way. Psalm eighteen twenty-eight. it reveals truth. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. This is David. He says, God, you show me light. You show me the way. So the people who are listening to Jesus say, I am the light of the world, they know this so well, most of them, this is, it just comes to mind for them. All these passages, right? Do, this is one of the things I've been struggling with because it is significant to his listeners because they know this really, 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 really well. I had to Google verses. I don't know it that well. So I've been trying to think the whole time. So how is this really significant for us? that He is the light of the world. In Isaiah 42, 6, light should be reflected. It says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, right relationship. I'll take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. So my light, which is for you, Israel, is actually for everyone else as well. So light should. If it's doing what it's supposed to do, it should reveal truth. It should dispel darkness. It should show the way and it should be reflected. The people that Jesus is talking to know all these passages. All these passages talk about God. So when Jesus says, I am the light, a bunch of people are really angry with him because it is significant to them, okay? Significance. Two, setting. Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles. I went down a bunch of rabbit trails with us. So back in Leviticus 23, as those same people who are leaving captivity and slavery, they've been in slavery for generation to generation to generation to generation to generation, generation, which means that they have not chosen anything for themselves for a long time. Now they are totally free. They are free. But they don't know what to do. What do we do? How do we live? So the Lord gives them all these ways for them to live together. In Leviticus 23, though, he says, I need you to do something. There are seven times a year where I need you to meet with me. They're called Moads. Seven times, these are appointed times where the people of God are to meet with God. First one is called Sabbath. Did you ever think about Sabbath that way? Sabbath, I'm supposed to go meet with God. When you go to a meeting, how do you prepare? Are you ready for your meeting? I'm talking to me right now, too. When was the last time you thought of Sabbath as going to meet with God? I think that would alter. I was, whew, I got my butt kicked this morning by God. I did, not, I did not do a good job of meeting with him, with intention. So he says, there are, there are seven times a year where you are going to meet with me. And these are sacred and they are special. So Sabbath obviously happens a lot, right? But that's supposed to be a rhythm for us. And I've, I'm not trying to be legalistic here, but I don't see a lot of wiggle room around meeting with God in this book. How you do it, okay, be different for all of us. But he does not say, give me a couple hours here, a couple hours there. No, in the very beginning, he said, Seventh day, I rest, you rest. You need this. You and I need to talk once a week. You and I need to share life once a week. So the first moah, the first appointed time, is Sabbath. Leviticus 23. Then there are six more. The Feast of Tabernacles is the final meeting. The first one is in the springtime, it's Passover. The last one is Feast of Tabernacles, it's in the fall. It is at... The autumn equinox. What happens at the autumn equinox? The light begins to dim. Right? So, a big part of the Feast of Tabernacles was, oops, I'm losing this, light. It's one of the primary things that they would celebrate. As the light dims for the year, they say, We have the light. All right? So everyone pilgrimages to Jerusalem at this point in time. So everybody's going to go. And on the way, they are singing the songs of ascent. Psalm 120 to 134. They're singing songs to God as they're going to meet with God. I don't oftentimes do that when I go to meet with God. How do I? I I rush in. Anyone else do that? But if I'm going to meet with God, that's what this whole second, so lives, Jesus changed. It's an encounter. It's a moment. Now Jesus tells us who he is. So we have a moment with him. It changes everything. But now it's, who are you? I'm going to find out who someone is. My wife's right here. I had dates. I had appointed times to meet with her to get to know her. God's saying, there's appointed times for you to meet me. So they pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And they set, up, they, call it, they set up booths. They're called, I think, Sukkots. So essentially, they would set up these booths where they would live in tents for the whole, it was an eight-day uh, celebration. Sabbath on the front end. They call it a Sabbath, Sabbath on the back end. It's like a super Sabbath. And they would be in Jerusalem for the middle days. But they would stay in Booths. Because they wanted to remember their time in the wilderness. Where God was showing them where to go. They used branches. They'd leave the tops kind of open so you could see the stars. So they could remember the promises to Abraham. That we're a people for the nations. That we're, supposed to be a blessed, we're blessed to be a blessing. So they spent a whole week remembering and celebrating together. Now. Feast of Tabernacles, they're celebrating two realities. This is what I, I learned. First was that there's the light of all lights. So the Shekinah glory of God. They're celebrating, like the people in Exodus, that when God, when God comes, he visibly manifests himself in a way that I can see, I can understand. So like in the Exodus, he became a pillar of light. When, when they built the first temple, the Lord descended on the temple. His, his physical presence was among them. So they're celebrating, we have the a all-powerful God that when he comes, whoa, can you imagine following a pillar of fire, right? When he interacts with Moses, he is in a burning bush that does not burn up. He comes in these wild, incredible ways that only God can. So they're saying, we have a God who does that. That's what they're celebrating once a year for eight days with two Sabbaths. This is an appointed time. The second reality is this. They're celebrating, and I can't say it, so I'm gonna call it what they say it is, the great light. So there's the Shekinah glory. God visibly manifests himself. And then there's the great light. And the great light simply meant this. There's a time coming soon when someone would bring light to those who are spiritually dead and dwelling in darkness. So we have a God who's here now, and he's a powerful fire. He is light. And someday God's gonna come back and he's going to bring everyone with him. All those who are spiritually dead. Someone in the future is going to come and is going to save us. That's what they're celebrating every single year at the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. Then, it's kind of cool, at night they would erect these 40 foot menorahs. Which, How tall is this ceiling? Anybody know? Guesses, anybody? Not 40 feet. 30. 30. So taller. Taller with four huge bulls and the bowls were lit on fire, okay? And it said, it was so bright that every courtyard was ablaze in light. So again, significance and setting. We don't know a world without light. We always have light, right? So it's hard for me to, like I was saying, it's hard for me to understand what this would look like. So if I'm, the whole year I live in, when it's dark, it's dark, right? It's just dark. But for eight days, I have light all the time. Wow. So this light would shine from the temple into all of the courtyards. And they would celebrate the whole night, singing and dancing all through the night. They would do it in the it was uh, set up in the, in the court of women so everyone could be there. Everyone could experience it. And they are celebrating. People are dancing. They're singing. They're celebrating. We have a God who, who physically comes to be with us and we have a God who's going to come and be with us. And they're celebrating. This is when Jesus chooses to say, I am the light of the world. One person said this. They wondered. This is a wondering. But at the very end, the lights go out. What if that was the moment when Jesus stood and said, I, I am the light of the world. Because just before this, Jesus made another statement where it says in John 7, let's find it here. No? It's about water. There's also water rituals. It says, On the last and greatest day, John seven thirty seven. Jesus stood and in a loud voice in the temple amongst all the people said, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and I'll give them a drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing from them. So he just said that not long before, loudly, so all could hear. I'm water. And hey, in the fall, the water starts to go away, right? So they're, they're hoping that God will continue to, to sustain them. He says, no, I am water. And now it's the fall, and the light's going away, and Jesus says, no, I am the light. Anyone who walks with me will never live in darkness. That's a pretty bold statement. I, I am. Can you give me those four things again, Preston? Slide number nine. I'm truth. I dispel darkness. I show the way. And as image bearers, we are meant to reflect him that's who he says he is now this was controversial in Jesus day just as controversial today i am truth it's a hard one. i don't get to pick my own i don't get to pick my own truth if if i believe he is who he says he is i dispel the darkness our world's full of darkness right is there some darkness in the world, right? But how does John kick off his gospel? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. We have light. And I'm afraid, I'll just speak for me, that I oftentimes don't live like I have light. Light that darkness cannot overcome, cannot, that's present tense, cannot, has not, will not, cannot, and doesn't understand it, doesn't get it. He's next level understanding. I have light. Why am I not celebrating light? So, earlier I asked. So, again, rabbis would talk about things you could see. That's what they would use, things you could see. It's easier to explain something that I can see. It's not just like an abstract reality. So if I asked you today, what is our primary source of light? What would you say? I was, it's a little device that sits in my hand. And I think phones are good. I'm trying to imagine if my great-grandparents knew that I could call whoever I want, whenever I want, they'd be like, that's awesome, right? Phones are good. But good things are usually things that become things that they shouldn't be, and they become gods they shouldn't be, and then our lives get disordered, and they get full of darkness, right? So I would say, and you just sing it yourself, My primary way of seeing the world is a little tiny screen that I believe has like algorithms and things in place where they know what I want to hear and what I want to read. So I read things that I want to read and things that I want to hear, right? That's then how I see the world. So my ideas, what I think is reinforced over and over and over again. But I'm watching Jesus as the truth, and he's bringing truth everywhere all the time. He was constantly meeting with people who disagree with him. And he did it in a really kind, gracious way most of the time. Sometimes he got a little fired up, right? But that's my primary source of light. So I was having some conversation with uh, uh, Becky and Christy. We do a little uh, T3 family podcast. We were talking about this recently. And uh, let's just plot this scenario, right? So, what does this mean for us? If, if, we, if we have lights, if we have a person we can reflect who is truth, he gets rid of darkness. That's a good thing. He shows us the way, right? If we're connected to him. Because if I'm going to follow somebody, had this thought, so if I have no lights, right? No lights. Try to imagine. None. If the light is like where my mom is in the back of the room right now, and it's a little light, if I try to walk to her, I might fall, right? I mean, it's dark. It's really dark. So if I'm going to follow somebody and walk with them and not stumble, how close do I have to be? this close, right next to it. Otherwise, I will stumble and I will fall. Right next to it. So we had this thought. Um, so how does this apply to life? And in our phones. So let's just say, let's just say, I, uh, for example, my wife and I have a disagreement, right? And it's one that we need to repair, one that we need to talk about, right? Is it easier to go and have the conversation or is it easy to get lost scrolling and reading? I was talking to somebody who does social media and they said what they try to do on social media is get they they try to stop the scroll, right? That's the thing, stop the scroll. And they know the prime hours for people to stop the scroll are after children are in bed at the end of dinner. That's the time where you have to try to stop the scroll. Do something on social media to make them stop, right? Could that be the time of day when perhaps after navigating a whole day, I need to talk to my wife or talk to my roommate or talk to my friend? Or is it easier to just scroll? I heard someone say recently um, it's really hard. It's about coping. I might have said this recently, I'm not sure it's really hard to give up something that almost works. Like it almost works, right? So we should talk, but that new show's on Hulu. Let's watch it, right? It's so easy, it's so insidious, it's sneaky, right? So what is my light? What did Jesus say back in the sermon? You got a problem? Leave your, leave your offering at the altar. Go find them. What we say every week when we take communion, if, there's a, if you need to go get reconciled with somebody, go get reconciled and then come back. It's so easy to use different sources of light and just not. Is that challenging anyone other than me? One final thought. So as I was doing my studying, they they, they kept going back to to Jesus' time with Nicodemus. And so that's the first time they kind of uh, light is kind of talked about. And with Nicodemus, he's trying to understand who Jesus is, right? And uh, Jesus, at the end, kind of says, the the problem is that men love, humanity likes the darkness. Because the things that we need, it's easier to leave things in the darkness than to let them be exposed to light sometimes. But when it seems easier, but it's not because then it destroys my life when I leave them in the darkness. So it's about celebrating light. I, when we bring things to the light, I think our God celebrates. You brought it to the light. I've been waiting for you at the light. Right? In the story of Nicodemus, what 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 story does, does Jesus use? He uses the story of the Exodus, people being led out of the desert into this new place. Do you remember the story? In Exodus, the people are they're prideful, they're selfish. All these bad things are happening, and so what happens in the story? Snakes sneak into their camp. The snakes bite them, the snakes poison them. People start dying. And how how does Moses how does God tell Moses to fix the problem? It says you need to raise up the image of a snake. And whoever looks at it will be saved. So you have to look at the thing that is causing the pain. Look at the thing that's causing the destruction. If you look at it, if you bring it into the light, it will cease to destroy you. It will cease to wreck your life. But you have to bring it into the light. So that's where sometimes it feels like... I don't want to expose it, but when we do, God's like, "Yes, they did it. They were honest. That's so good. Let's work through this together. I got some people for you to help you through it. But you have to share it. If no one knows, then who can help you?" And you sit in darkness, and then you start creating your own truth. I always think of a. Uh, I used to watch Seinfeld a lot. Remember the scene when Jerry's trying to beat the lie detector? Anybody remember this at all? He asks George, how do I beat the lie detector? He says, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. It's true. It is a lie. But if I let it, if I let, if I start to believe it and I start to act on it, that lie becomes truth. And that's a problem. Because then that, that thing that actually is destroying me becomes my reality. Bring it into the light. I think God celebrates. He's just waiting right? All those things that we're, that we're hiding, he's, he's, I know, I already knew that. I knew that about you. I died for you anyways. Come to the light. It's a wonderful thing. So we can become people who can become honest, make things known. Our relationships are repaired. We can see good things in other people because we also know that we brought our stuff to the light, That means when someone else brings their stuff to the light, we're ready to talk to them about it. We're ready to work through it with them because we have such a humble perspective as followers of Jesus because we know that we are sinful and broken and prideful and have all kinds of issues with humility and we just like to be right all the time. But we know that about ourselves. And so when people do it back to us, we're like, oh, man, I'm the same way. Me too. Let's work on it together in the light. So, I have a couple ideas for you to conclude. I have the band come up. Can you give me a slide? I saying it's 10, Preston. This week, would you create time to share light with a good friend? Someone you know and someone you trust. Someone, maybe it's your roommate, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's a coworker, right? Share light. We are people of the light. And we can see the light. And we can talk about the light. Second one, limit your other lights. And tell someone that you're going to limit your light. And then say, at the end of the week, what was I like this week? Was I different? So I did a horrible job this last week. I was truly trying to limit my additional light source, my phone. And I did a horrible job. I'm just going to confess that to you. She can probably attest to it. NFL draft was going on. There's NBA playoffs. I'm just looking up stuff. But, but when we do that, we are disengaged from our people, right? And I don't think, I don't know if I was very much fun to be with a lot of time last week, to be honest. So share, hey, I'm going to limit my screen time this week. My individual phone screen time outside of work. I want you to watch me and tell me if I'm different. Sound good? That's second. And third... We have a night of worship tonight here. You can just come and celebrate the light. You can come just worship. Justin Rizzo, he's like a Dove Award winner. He's a phenomenal worship leader, I think. And just, just come worship. Just come time, spend time celebrating the light. Because we're people of the light. Amen? 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 All right, let's pray. God, we love you. It is good when you are gone. I just keep that all week. Man, it is. It is so good when you're God and I'm not. I am not capable. So I say thank you for the ways you gently remind us that we're not capable. I'm so grateful for your patience with us, even when we think we should be. Blown away by your patience, God. Your patience is to be celebrated. So let's pray these next moments. Uh, Either you bring up things that we need to celebrate uh, or perhaps you bring up things that we need to bring to the light so that you can celebrate. That we are, uh, that that, that would mean that we're following right next to you. Amen. So we're gonna sing two songs. If you want the first song, Do as you like. You could sit and just rest. You could bask in the light, perhaps. You could celebrate light. You can stand and worship. And then we'll conclude with one other song. The first song, just kind of do what you want. Have the elders come forward. If you'd like to come forward and receive communion, you can. Before you do, though, remember, we want to come with a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. So if you need to do some work before you come forward, Bring some things into the light and then come, please do. But uh, let's celebrate the light.